The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, while you're downloading apps, make sure to download the SGPN app because it's your home for all of our free picks, news, podcasts, all of that right in the palm of your hand. Download it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 79. All the haters who said we never would make it to 79, here we are, suckers. Um, this, it's getting hard to find uh, number-appropriate um, tributes, so I think for 79, I'm going to send it out to my countryman, George St. Pierre, because at UFC 79, he won the interim UFC welterweight championship by submitting Matt Hughes. So this goes out to George, plural, um, episode 79. And who would this hoser talking to right now be? I would be Jeff Fox, your lovely host of this year podcast. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. And thank you for subscribing to the MMA Gambling Podcast. That's um, Thank you. Plus, I'm telling you that you should be subscribed to our actual feed so you can get these podcasts second they drop rather than having to wait uh, for them to go up on the SGPN feed. Obviously, subscribe to SGPN also because we have lots of other amazing content there. All right, this is, as promised, this is the podcast with so much MMA degenerate info and goodies that we don't need a long intro anymore like we used to. Even though long long intros were fun, we have to plow through. This is all about making money. And and, um, no one is better at making money right now, on Tuesday nights at least, than my associate host, He's the bell of the ball in the SGPN Slack channel. The, the, the guys, yeah, it's all guys in the fight uh, channel there. Um, we, we need some ladies in there. If you're a lady, get into our SGPN Slack channel. Uh, there's some women in, in our NBA stuff, stuff, but none in the fights channel. So if you're listening to this and you're a female, get in there. Anyhow, everyone in the, in the fight channel loves my associate host because he is the Dana White Contender Series soothsayer. Um I would call him a Tuesday night truther, but he doesn't he doesn't want to be associated with the truther and stuff. He's more of a flat he's more of a flat earth type of guy, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, he uh, did it once again. He, he killed it with his Dana White Contender Series picks, which uh, we will discuss very shortly. He's also known as the prettiest purple belt on the planet. He's also known as um, son of Ichabod the Bear Whisperer. Uh, he's, also, <laughs> he's, he's also known as Barney Gumble. He's also known as Gumby. Uh, you can call him Daniel Vreeland if you like, or you can call him any of the above names because they're all – oh, he's also known as the Danimal. That's also an official <laughs> name. If you want to call him Danimal, feel free. Hello, Danimal. Hey, what's up? Uh, let, let's talk about Contender Series. I, I don't want to waste any time because it was so good again. <laughs> My uh, – yeah, hopefully your head is not getting too too big here. Um yeah, everybody's loving Dan because people are like blindly. Some people in there are blindly just trailing your picks <laughs> every week. So eventually, this is uh, this is not going to go well. I, I believe you. You sent me a good quote in email today. How you're going to end up? Uh, everyone's going to end up hating you if you stick around long enough. So it's, eventually, your luck's going to run out, right? I guess there's only what four more weeks. Maybe maybe you can ride this right out. That's that. That is the beauty of this. So that I would say is that like this is one of the. It's not like like if I had a hot streak in the with the UFC picks. Like, you can just count on that dying at some point in time. There's, like, 50 events a year. Like, you're not going to be hot for yep. for all that. You're hot right. in the Contender Series. You you get to do 10 weeks, and then you can, you can take a little break. And exactly. uh, I, uh, I, I, think, I, I think we could carry this right to the end. That was week 
that that was week six. I got four to go. Yep. And, and granted, yep. if I remember correctly, we didn't pick week one like straight up. But all the other weeks, yeah. Uh, and week two wasn't great. But week, yeah, week three, two, I think you're what two and three or something like that, maybe. Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah, two and three. And then every week after, after that, that I've lost <laughs> exactly one fight in every. Yeah. You went so five I, and one, five and one, four and one, and then four and one, and no, the three and one, and then four and one again this last night. Yeah. So basically, so basically, on average, four and one every single. So in exactly. in a four week span, I'm sixteen and four, uh, which is that's and one of them math, too. Yeah, eighty percent, Dan. That's uh, that's you. You can't really beat eighty percent picking MMA fight. <laughs> and you're still sticking around to host, uh, associate host the podcast. You're not so rich that you're just gonna bugger off somewhere. Well, maybe if that uh, that main event did kicked in for me. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, that was – let's just talk about that for a second. For, because I, I saw some people – again, I, I, I'm going to gonna dedicate myself to being a little bit more active in the Slack because I'm a Slack slacker, so to speak. And, uh, <laughs> and you like that? I'm busting out the dad jokes now, exactly. too. Look at that. <laughs> if, if I got all the love that you you get in there, I would, I'd be hanging out in there constantly, too. So Yeah, but, but then do they get tired of you? That's the question, right? Well, like, they, they got tired of me pretty quick, so yeah. <laughs> You're you're a nicer person than I am, so yeah. And I'm nailing eighty percent too. You weren't doing exactly. That, so. I'm um, not even no, making back, that. back to the main event. So uh, like, I, I saw somebody in there say that they were trailing that pick because uh, Smotrzewski was only twenty one years old, and they were going to go with the experience, right. and that was the right move ultimately, right? Because I, I'm going to stand by the fact that I think Shaman Smotrzewski is more like more talented. He's got better skills. Um, I think if that fight stayed on the feet for more than six seconds, I think he wins. I think if he didn't just shoot the sloppiest takedown with his head on the wrong side against an alpha male product, whereas alpha male is like known for their good guillotines, right? Like that's, that's the thing. And he just was like, I wonder if I stick my head here, if that'll work. And it didn't, uh, and it didn't fast. So I'm going to stay with the, the idea that if this stayed on the feet, Smotritsky would have made me look even smarter. I would have been a clean five and zero. Oh, and uh, but man, did I look good on the other ones though? <laughs> sure did. Now, I uh, I'm going to admit to screwing up. I know this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, but I sometimes mess things up. It, it wasn't on uh, TSN up here in Canada last night, and I was waiting for my PVR to record it for me, and I go to watch it, and it oh. wasn't on there. So <laughs> uh, all, all, I, all I've seen is some clips for for these fights. So I'm not going to. Uh, um, be able to do a full fight breakdown, which I'm sure people don't, won't care that much about. If you're listening to this, you probably watched it. So, do you think the main event? Um, do you think it was just a, a case of inexperience or, yeah. or jitters or uh, being too eager? Yeah, hundred percent. Because like he he's a guy who does have some pretty good wrestling, uh, and that that shot was terrible. Like where he put his head and where where he was shooting, like it was just bad. And it wasn't because he was stung in the feet, or it wasn't because he was wobbly. You know, like it wasn't a desperation shot. It was just like jittery shot like he should have stayed on the feet longer should have traded for a longer period of time and like if his game plan was to shoot which I don't think would have been the smartest game plan in the first place like he needed to shoot like he shot all of the other times I've seen him and instead he you know stuck his head right in the easiest spot to guillotine against the guy with a good guillotine so uh somewhat disappointing but but hey all the other picks uh panned out including you know, the two guys who I said certainly are going to deserve contracts and Fernie Garcia and Carlos Hernandez, both of those guys won and look great doing it and clearly won uh, contracts. Um, I mentioned that that guy at the beginning of the night probably shouldn't get a contract, but he will because he'll finish the terrible dude from Alaska. <laughs> yep. That happened. Perfect there. Um, you know, yep. I picked Ugly Man Joe. Ugly Man Joe picked up the win. And I'm pretty sure I told you. He to didn't get a contract, though. He didn't get a contract, but they are going to put him on Dana White's looking for a, a oh fight Fury FC uh, coming up. That, that still ex- that still exists, does it? It still exists, and I will say Fury FC is a really good promotion right now. It's like one of yeah. the better up and coming regional promotions. It's out of Texas. Yeah. It's got Juan Adams on it and like a whole bunch of other guys you've heard of. So, um, but yeah, yeah so they're going to put him on an uh, episode of that, which is fun. And not only did I nail that pick uh, because I did go four and one officially with picks. If you were trailing my bet that we should take the over in the Ugly Man yes. Joe fight, yep. it hit the over by 16 seconds, which isn't much. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah, much. Yeah, I heard the um, weren't 
didn't our friend Gianni, uh, Gianni, Gianni even, have, yeah, Gianni, Gianni didn't he have it over too? He, yeah, when he he picked a couple of things the same way as I did, and it made my mm. heart sink a little bit. Exactly. Um, like I was watching it, and he was like, "I really like the over in this fight." And I was like, "Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what have I done wrong?" Yeah. Yep. What if no. What if I messed up? Yanni likes my pick. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, but so he yeah, must, um, he must have had a hot day hmm. too. Then he must have had a hot day he too. He must have. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure there's a, there's some kind of expression I can't remember what it is about. I can, uh, um, something about. The sun shining on something. <laughs> do, you, do you know where I'm headed at all? Yeah. yeah, even the sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while. There we go. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to spit out. But uh, at least, and of course, the pick you screwed up on, who screwed you over? A Canadian, Dan. It's always the Canadians. Mike Malott, of course. Not the football player. The, the, and the not fighter. only is it a Canadian, it's a Canadian alpha male, which I feel like is a double yeah, whammy. Oh, double oh, whammy yes. for me. For you, that's, yeah. And I think, where is he, Mike Malott? He's from somewhere. He's another one close to me, I think. He likes St. Catharines or Niagara Falls. He's somewhere. There seems to be, seems to be a lot of fighters in that area of uh, of Ontario over by like, the Buffalo. Water down? What, do you know oh, water? Water? Okay. Yeah, water I, I, think, I think I might be that. <laughs> All these small town hicks. I'm a big city boy, but I, I'm pretty sure it's um, it's over that, that side of the world. So anyhow, uh, Dan did good, and Dan's going to do – how's how's week seven looking for you? Have, have you looked ahead to I've it? Is there anything you like in it? Look at it. The, part of the problem is, is they got a lot of movement on that card already. Um, yeah, they lost someone for they, they, someone we're going to talk about very shortly. They they lost two people on that. Um, okay. One that we're going to talk about, and one um, who got pulled for a. I, I, they didn't say what issue, but he got pulled for something. They also canceled the fight um, recently, so they, they added. They're looking for a replacement fighter for Maria Silva. They okay. just randomly added this fight between Chris Duncan, who is supposed to fight our boy Manuel Gaksha earlier on in the, the year. Right, yep. And yep. he's fighting some 40-year-old dude, I think, that they found somewhere. I think somebody oh, told no. me. Or, or there's some, like, 40-year-old dude fighting, if I'm not mistaken, on one of these cards. Um, but so Chris Duncan's fighting, and then they found Lorenzo Hood to fight, uh, to fill in a heavyweight for Hugo Kiona, who uh, had to fall out. So... Uh, yeah, I've been doing some preliminary looks at it, but I will say the flyweight fight on that card is going to be so freaking exciting. It's going to be one of the best fights, uh, talent-wise, this entire year. Fire emojis? I would say two fire emojis. I'm gonna How about a bomb? Any bomb emojis or no? Um, I think definitely more fire than bomb because these <laughs> okay. guys are, are – Good. I'm not going to say they're they're like uh, going to go throw caution to the wind and be wild, but uh, yeah. it, it's. I mean, it's between if you watch the Ultimate Fighter because it all comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, if you watch the <laughs> Ultimate Fighter, uh, it, it's Mitch Raposo who is coming up from Cage Titans, which is an organization around me. Um, he was, I believe. Why the do I know his name? Is he an Ultimate Fighter guy? He, yeah, he, he was on the Ultimate okay. Fighter. Yeah, he was the number right, one sorry. overall pick on this most recent season, um, but didn't win a fight. Uh, so that was a bummer. And he's going to be fighting Jake Hadley, um, which you might not know the name there unless you are a big Cage Warriors fan, which is, of course, the British promotion where he was the flyweight champ. He also fought once at Bellator. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the EFC champ, which is um, oh, the, love the EFC. Yeah, I think he's Zulu, too, uh, the guy who was on The Ultimate Fighter, to bring yep. it back to The Ultimate Fighter one more time. Um, but Hadley was supposed to fight that um, Clayton Hodhiguez. Um, that we, that we Hodhiguez. Yeah, so he was supposed to fight Hodhiguez earlier in the year, and obviously Hodhiguez uh, got his contract on that episode, and now they've rebooked him with Mitch Raposo. So um, it's nice to see Jake Hadley, who goes by the nickname White Kong, uh, which is uh, pretty fun in, uh, on that card. So, yeah, a little bit of an extensive uh, look at next week's, uh, which obviously we'll get to on Sunday, but that that's going to be a good one too. You saying hot he guys just tickles me to no end, Dan. That's, that's going to be one of our hot he guys. I know. I noticed. That's going to be one of our ongoing bits, I think, just, just like you hitting that that dog you hit one time months ago. <laughs> Whatever her two, name is, I blocked it. Two. Oh, She's not even oh, my yeah. number one anymore. No, it's um Gerald. Gerald, Gerald Mearshart. <laughs> but it's but I, I I can't even remember her name again. Montserrat Ruiz. Montserrat Ruiz there. She, she that's a funner name to say, so 
All right, well, we got some fun names coming up this week, Ashley. Um, I can't wait a... for you to say some of them. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait to say some of them, too. Let's, let's get to it. But first, let's talk about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to 500 bucks. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your money doesn't need to win. Sorry, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. While making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. You can start it today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Now, I've had a sneak peek into your brain, Mr. Vreeland. I know some of your picks because I listen to your other 10,000 podcasts that you host every week. So um, I listened to Top Turtle today, and I know some of your picks, but it's not going to change where I'm headed with these things. So. Um, that's of surprising because sometimes it does. Sometimes it changes what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, it does. I know. I, I think I want to be different because I'm. It's been paying off. It's, uh, I'm at 58 percent. You're at 54. You're and it's only I've cut the money lead down to 70 bucks. So this is this could be the week. Um, we have an action packed. Well, it could be action packed, but um, on paper it's kind of eh. UFC Fight Night Dern versus Hot Higas. Um, <laughs> are we going to call her Mahina Hot Higas? I don't. Not. I'm not going to. You might. <laughs> <laughs> and is it really Mackenzie Dern and Mackenzie? I don't know how you put an H in that name, Dan. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't either. But she might. Because <laughs> her uh, her Brazilian accent's pretty strong. <laughs> yes, it, it, which is funny because she's uh, born and raised in California. Yeah, but she. Uh, to be fair, she did spend a whole lot of time there, and her dad is. Uh, for for those who don't know, Megaton Diaz, who is a very famous Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner. Yes, very true. All right, uh, so this is happening this Saturday, UFC Apex, Enterprise, Nevada. Uh, um, we are talking about, this is a nice early afternoon one for us people on the East Coast. It is um, prelims, 1.30 Eastern on ESPN+, Plus. main card, 4 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Another fun thing that Jeff likes is we're only down to 10 fights. This is a perfect size card, 10-fight card. Uh, we lost. Who do we lose? Jamie Pickett and Loriano Staropoli were supposed to fight, and then one of Pickett's coaches got that COVID thing, which I thought you guys in the States had gotten rid of that. You still have Completely. it? Completely. It's all gone. Well, so this is hashtag fake news then, right? <laughs> so anyhow, this this has been bumped to, I think, what, two weeks ahead? I think the 23rd, I think those two guys are going to fight now. Um and then, yeah, more fake news. Uh, Sam Hughes got pulled from her fight um, because I think it says it says she got COVID. I thought it was one of her coaches, but maybe she it, had got COVID. Yeah, it was. It's one of her coaches. Okay. Yeah. She she posted on Instagram that her test came back negative. Okay, good. So anyhow, Sam Hughes had to pull out of her fight against Lupita Godinez, so they had to get a last minute replacement, which we will actually get into in one second. So ten fights. I want to get at least sixty percent, so I'm I'm gunning for that six to six to seven um, correct picks here. Um, and let us begin, shall we, with lightweight Steve Garcia versus Charlie Ontiveros. Dan did a very dirty trick this week on his uh, interview podcast, Top Turtle MMA podcast. He interviewed both of these people, um, which makes it very hard to know which one that you should fade because Dan is got his stink on both of them now. We're correct. Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, I, I think <laughs> we've, all, been, we've been pretty clear that the top turtle curse is, is you, you know, poppycock or uh, what's another word meaning uh, not true. But we'll, we'll go with poppycock. Um, malarkey. Jamie yeah, it's, malarkey. All, it's all Jamie Malarkey. So uh, 
who who is really real, which is uh, not not good for this, yeah. this metaphor. So, um, but yeah, it, it's all poppycock. And uh, but yes, I, I did in fact interview both of them, uh, both very entertaining gentlemen. So yes, we're gonna have were. to see which one you pick. They were very entertaining. Steve Garcia, uh, he can talk, eh? Yeah, he can. I he, think he's I a storyteller. I think he's I asked two or three questions in the whole interview. <laughs> Charlie Ontiveros had some good stories too. So, yeah. Um, uh, the Charlie Ontiveros is the American bad boy. He didn't really sound like a bad boy to me. No, that like it didn't seem like the most, it didn't seem like the most fitting nickname. Then again, Steve Garcia being no. Meat Machine also wasn't, Meat Machine wasn't so fitting. He. That was a nice ten-minute story about being named the, the Mean yeah. Machine, though. So it was, <laughs> it was it, good, though. It involved, like all of our good podcasts do, a reference to Keith Jardine, which is uh, pretty much all you can ask for. That's, yeah, that's become a become a thing. It's like uh, six degrees of Keith Jardine, or even less than that. It's like <laughs> every every podcast now he's coming up. So, all right, so these guys are fighting lightweights. Um, we'll go with Antaveros first. He's eleven and seven with four knockouts, two submissions. All of his did you know this, Dan? All of his losses have come via knockout. That's wild. So, yeah, I, I, I have seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why that many. You, you don't you don't see that stat very often. Seven knockouts, all of his losses. Uh, he's 0-1 on the UFC. Guess what? He got knocked out. Uh, TK out. So some of these are TK outs, to, to be fair. Uh, he so he's 0-1 on the UFC. 0-1 on Bellator. He used to be a 185 pounder, but as he told Dan, he was really 173 pounds. I think he said when you went into that fight. Um, yeah, he can't and, gain weight. That's insane. Yeah. He's like he's yeah. like very skinny. <laughs> it should be he should be called the American Thin Boy. Um, yeah, so he was fighting. He was probably what his opponent probably thirty pounds heavier than him at least by by fight night. You think most yeah. most uh, most middleweights are really lightweights come fight night. So yeah, uh, he 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 went down to welterweight by fight night for some reason. So anyhow, this is probably. Better for him going into lightweight. I think he said he what, walks around around 170, right? So yeah, this is a much better weight class for him. For him. Yeah, yeah. And he's been fighting at 70 his whole life. This will be his first fight at 55, which is, you know, worth okay. keeping an eye on. Yeah, definitely. So he is two inches taller than Garcia, three inches of reach. So that's what you would hope for uh, coming down a weight class that you have uh, some size and length. He's at plus 240. Uh, the mean machine is 11 and 4 with eight knockouts. So. Uh, Bells are going off in my head here, Dan. One guy uh, wins by knockout mostly, and one guy gets knocked out a lot. Hmm. Um, Garcia's the only one in the UFC, one and all on the Contender Series. He was in Bellator. He was 5-2 and two in Bellator. He was in Bellator for quite a while. He used to fight at Bantamweight. He fought at Bantamweight. That's wild, eh? So yeah. Bantamweight against a middleweight is what this fight is basically doing, is, is going to be. Uh, striking stats in his favor. We're talking about very small sample size, one fight or uh, two fights in Garcia's. Um, okay, so striking stats in the favor. He's 13 times more active striking than Ontiveros was in his one UFC fight. So grappling stats in the favor also, minus 325. Uh, I'll take Garcia. Uh, maybe I'll take him via knockout, too. Uh, make, make some extra money. Well, I'm going to differ with you on the very first fight of the night. I'm going to really? take Char- Ontiveros. Char- I'm going to take Ontiveros um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, that fight with in – in Steve Garcia's debut, alarms me a lot more than Charles Ontiveros's. Um, he, first of all, by the way, I, I was I was waiting for how you were going to say Ontiveros, uh, and you yeah, said it correctly. Hard. Yeah, it's Ontiveros. Uh-huh. Well, I, it could have been Ontiveros, uh, or you know, like you could have <laughs> said it a whole bunch. Of, I was I thought for sure you were going to slaughter, but it's Ontiveros. So Charlie Ontiveros is one fight. First of all, it is with Kevin Holland. Uh, on short notice, yes, right. pretty much up weight class. 30 pounds lighter, probably. <laughs> and and he got taken down, but, like, he got taken down and, like, had a weird neck injury and the fight was stopped. It wasn't even, like, Kevin Holland, like, you know, threw hands and, and put him out. So, like, I, I feel like that fight doesn't send off alarms in my head. And if you go back and look at the people Charlie, Charlie Onoveros has lost to, it's, like, Michael Venom Page and, and Jeff Neal are on his, his resume. Like, th- those are legit dudes. And he went two rounds with Jeff Neal before the doctor stopped it for swelling over the eye. So, uh, you know, like, yes, he has been knocked out a bunch of times. Yes, that is alarming. But also, like, the most recent knockouts don't really scare me. Now, if you look at Steve Garcia's loss in his last fight, he fought a dude who's pretty much shaped just like Charlie Ontiveros. Uh, he fought Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, who's really tall, who's super skinny, who strikes decently from a distance, 
and who Steve Garcia could not get down to the ground for the life of him. Uh, he tried to like four or five times. He succeeded once for like a couple of seconds, but like really didn't get anything going. And I think the other problem here is with all of that reach advantage, all of that length, you know, Onoveros has also got really long legs. He fights with a karate style, which is sometimes hard to get in on the legs of. I think it just poses a lot of issues for Steve Garcia. And when I look at these odds and I see him betting off at plus 250 there, I, I think you got to take a stab at the dog here. All right. Stab, uh, I do not, this podcast and myself, we do not condone stabbing dogs. I don't know what Dan does in the woods, uh, but apparently stabbing dog is something that, that he he's uh, – Came off your tongue pretty easy though, Dan. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm going against this. I, I hope I haven't heard Mugsy um, on the past couple podcasts. So I'm hoping everything's okay there. But um, no, I like Antonio's um, cutting down too. He, he gets. I know he was getting knocked out by bigger guys, but now he's going to actually cut weight for the, maybe the first time in his life, and um, he's going to get knocked out, Dan. So take that. All right, we, let's move on. I'm glad me. we. This one, this one, you got to leave me because I, I don't know anything about the one, the one gal who just stepped in. All I know is she was supposed to fight a contender series uh, next week, and that would be Silvana Gomez Juarez, who's stepping in for Sam Hughes, the aforementioned Sam Hughes, and this is women's which means we, which means we miss out on a phenomenal nickname, maybe one of the best yes. nicknames. It's animal, right? No, it's animal. No, Sam Page. Sam Page, right, which is right up your alley. That's just like, um, what's her name? Danimal and the Shanimal. Yes, Danimal, yeah. Uh, She's fighting Lupita Godinez, who has the better nickname, if you ask me, Loopy. Don't you think every fighter should be named Loopy? Because you got to be a little. I love love that nickname for her. Loopy Godinez versus uh, Juarez will not be be shortchanged either. La Malvada, do you know what that means? La Malvada. 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 Malvada? So it's got to be yeah. bad, M-A-L- bad something? Yes, wicked. The wicked. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Mal so means she bad. is Mexican, I take it. Um, I believe she's Argentinian. She's from Argentina. Right. She is. She is. Yeah, I read that. All right. I knew it was south of me. I just didn't know how far south. So there you go. Um, all right. This break. First of all, do you know much about Juarez? Yeah, I do. She was okay, going to be on the I, Contender Series on Tuesday. Right. Of course yeah, I do. So, <laughs> all right, so I will um, give all the stats. Have you seen a, a betting line? Because I didn't see any betting lines earlier. Let yes. me check one more now. Yeah, oh, I good, can, all right. Yeah, they're there. It's, it's me, right now plus 180 for Juarez and negative 210 for Lupi Godinez. Okay. I got plus – you can get her for plus 194 if you want Juarez. I'm going to give you that. How's that sound? Plus 194 for her and then minus one – what did we say? Um, two ten, the other? 210 for Minus 210. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's uh, break down the wicked. It's hard to go against someone with a name like that, though, because maybe she's really scary and mean and nasty in the cage and um, has magical powers. Uh, she's 10-2 and two with six knockouts, two submissions. She will be making a short natus – short natus. Hmm. Natus. Short notice, how about? Debut. Um, this is very short notice. She just got put into this fight today, I believe. Well, actually, I think last night, Sherdog had her listed already, so she may have known about it. But anyhow, less than a week. Um, she's won her last three fights. The last two fights, she won via TKO. She used to fight up a weight class. Is that, was she normally a flyweight? Or is that just the past few fights she was flyweight, or do you know? I know she fought at flyweight against... Um... Hmm, Ariane Lipsky back in KSW. Okay, so yeah. I, I know she has in the past at least a couple of times. Okay, so yeah, she's got quite a lot of experience fighting. There's a lot of names on her resume that people will know, like uh, Ariane Lipsky. Uh, all of them are losses, basically, but uh, she's fought them. Um, she's an inch taller than Godinez, four inches of reach, plus 194 is the best number I can see for her. Uh, if you want to Know about Loopy. She's 5 and 1 with one knockout, never been finished in a fight. She lost her USC debut. Nine years young, younger than Juarez, minus 210. All right, tell us what you know about Juarez and then break down the fight, and then I'll make my pick. So Juarez has got some pretty decent grappling, but she really doesn't go to it enough, um, which is one of my issues with her. The other thing I would note is, you know, I've seen that fight with Lipsky and KSW, which, by the way, for those of you who don't know, KSW probably one of the best promotions on the earth not named UFC. I might even put it at two when I really think about it. Just the level. Yeah, the level of talent they have there is outstanding. Um, But she fought for the title against Ariane Lipsky in KSW. 
Uh, and the big issue she had with that fight and with the Poliana Botelho fight, which she had a little earlier in her career, is that when somebody throws a lot of volume in her face, she just kind of backs up and gets out of there um, and winds up with her back against the cage getting hit. Um, and she just so happens to be fighting somebody who puts an insane amount of volume on you. Um, Lupi Godinez did that to uh, Jessica Penne in her debut. She didn't win because she made some really bad fight IQ choices uh, that involved grappling when she shouldn't grapple. But uh, she, I, I think her hands ultimately are good enough to continuously back up Juarez here, make her kind of scared to engage and, and probably not active enough. And I, I think that's probably going to win it for Godinez on the, the judges' scorecards. All right, I was leaning Godinez, so yes, Loopy is the pick. Loopy over the Wicked. So we agree on that one. I think we also can agree on Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging, improving results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take five, four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash SGP. We also have a newer sponsor. They just came on last podcast. That would be predict, predict, Prediction Strike. Yeah, 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 HF. Prediction Strike. Do you wish you'd ha- you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real poss- possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood or DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPNMMA, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade for shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with promo code SGPNMMA, receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. All right, moving right along. What's next on the docket? We've got featherweights. We haven't had any bantamweights yet. Last week was all bantamweights. Um, featherweights, Charles Rosa. We can call him Hosa. Do you want to call him Hosa? Charles I do, Hosa. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I guess he's American, so we'll call him Rosa. Versus Damon Jackson. Um Damon Jackson is the leech, which is a good nickname for the way he fights. And Charles Rose is Boston Strong. I, th- I think you told me off last time that I had to go with Boston Strong, right? I think, yeah, as a Massachusetts native, if I pick against yeah. that nickname, I'd look like a huge asshole, I think. Okay. A bigger one. <laughs> normal, correct? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm all right, let's break down Rosa first, then, since he's from your, your side of the world. He's 14 and 5 with three knockouts, eight submissions. Five and five in the UFC. Hey, you want to hear a pattern, Dad? Lost win, yeah. lost win, lost win, <laughs> lost win, lost. Every one of his fights in the UFC, he's swapped losses and wins. We're talking ten fights in a row. That's this. I think this is the biggest one we've had since we started breaking these down. This isn't. That's insane. So he won his last fight. So we we know who we have to pick here, right? Um, this is what did I say? This is featherweight. He used to fight at lightweight, and he used to fight at welterweight. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus one forty-five. Uh, Damon the Leech Jackson is 18-4-1 with one no contest. Three knockouts, 14 submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times, so three of his four losses have come via knockout. He's 1-2-1 with one no contest in the UFC over two stints. He got knocked out his last fight. Or actually, he won via KO his last fight. Is that correct? Did he get knocked out or did he win by KO? I can't remember. Do you remember? Um, Hank, so you just got just random notes like that? Yeah, I'm going to check. It says KO last. It could mean he got by KO or he won by KO. He lost via KO to Ilya oh, Tapuria. Oh, Ilya Tapuria, the Ilya Tapuria fight. As, yes. <laughs> as if Dan doesn't remember something. The one time I need you, Dan. Um, yeah, you said that, and I was like, you usually <laughs> bring this. But also, I usually – the, the Tapuria fight was kind of a bummer. <laughs> I, I didn't put KOW. I put KO nothing. And usually I put KOL for loss or KOW for win. No. Anyhow, that's enough behind the curtain. You people can't know my magic. Um 
0-1 PFL, 2-0 in Bellator. He's two inches taller, two inches of reach, two years younger, minus 185. I'm going to go against the pattern. I'm going to take Boston uh, Boston Strong Rosa here, Dan. I, I like the plus 145. Um, I don't think Leach is going to be able to outgrapple him and, and submit him, which is his modus operandi. So I'm going – Charles Rosa is going to get his first back-to-back winning – uh, his first winning streak in the UFC in 10 fights. You're going to be on an island of, of your own uh, yeah, for this what, fight. You're picking against him? Oh, my God. I'm picking against him. I'm going to take Damon Leach Jackson. Uh, I'm going to take him for a couple of reasons. One of them you should know already. Damon Leach Jackson trains under... Um, Fortis MMA which, and Fame Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so that's, there's, first of all, a big Multiple piece. camps you love. Yeah, that one's a big one. Um, but yeah. not only do I really love that camp, but... Here's the thing is, is you're right. I don't think Damon Jackson is going to take down Charles Rosa, control him, and submit him. I 100% agree with you. I also don't think he's going to try. Uh, instead, I think he's going to use that wrestling defensively. And if this fight takes place on the feet, Damon Jackson is about a 30 times better of a striker than Charles Rosa is. Um, Rosa is going to have to desperately shoot takedowns to try to get you know, his offense going. And when that's really the only offense you get going and you're up against the guy who's got good wrestling defense, right? Like Damon Jackson stuffed Mirsad Bechtik a bunch of times and then submitted the guy. So, uh, you know, Rosa, probably not Mirsad Bechtik levels. Jackson handled that fine, although he was losing that fight. Um, But yeah, like I I think he'll stuff the takedowns of Rosa because it's pretty much all Rosa is offering at this point. Uh, And I think he'll sting him on the feet. So yeah, I I like Damon Jackson here Um, probably by decision too. I I think this fight probably goes to decision no matter where it goes Um, because both are so well-versed in submissions that even if it is on the ground and one of them has an advantage, the defense is just too good here. You make me feel so dumb. But then Fight Net rolls around and I don't feel so dumb after all. So (laughs) we, we shall see. We got two differences in three fights. That's pretty I know. Wild. This is that's wild. Um let's move on to some chunky boys, shall we? Heavyweights, Alexander Romanov. Um you can either spell it with an E, a, a final E in Alexander, or you can just put D R. I, I go with the D R. I think that's how it's supposed to be spelled. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I prefer that spelling. Exactly. That's a that's the appropriate spelling. So we Alexander Romanov versus Jared Vanderha. Vanderha. Uh, um let me see. What can I tell you? Vandera is a mountain, the mountain, and Romanov is King Kong. So this this is an epic battle. Uh, King Kong versus the mountain. King Kong is definitely a better nickname. Exactly. Yeah, especially when you look at the guy, for sure. Yeah, you um, King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Vandera is 15, uh, not 15, 12. How about 12 and 5 with seven knockouts, three submissions. So he's a finisher. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. Two inches of height. Five inches of reach, two years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus 380. And I think Dan doesn't think he's very good, if I remember from previous podcasts. <laughs> I'm just going out on a limb. I think he's been on your podcast, though. I don't think you. I don't think he's said it to his face. I think he told me that, though. Did you not? Am I right here? Uh, he proved me wrong a little bit last he time. He did. So, I think so that's what I, I remember. I, I've come around a little bit to him. Okay. Too. All right. So let's uh, go to King Kong. He's 14. No, of course King Kong's undefeated. Five knockouts, eight submissions, so everything's a finish except one fight. 3-0 and in the UFC, all via finish, kind of via finish. Last fight was finished via a technicality. Um, he, he basically got finished and couldn't continue the fight, and he won via technical stoppage, I believe. Um, he is a wrestling champ a billion times over. Grappling stats in his favor is minus 550. All right, Dan, break it down. So I, I think... First of all, Romanov is a pretty easy pick here, um, obviously by the negative 550 number. I know I've heard a lot of people say that they're a little bit concerned about his cardio because it did seem to run out against uh, Juan Espino in that last fight, uh, which is why when he got kicked at the balls there at the end, he just was like, no, I definitely can't continue. Let the judges take this. And somehow the judges scored it for him, which I'm not even sure he was winning. Um, real weird last fight uh, where he, yeah. he just didn't have the gas tank. The Adara does have a decent gas tank, so like a lot of people are like, oh, maybe the dog is live here. But the problem is, is Romanov got tired because it's really hard to grapple Juan Espino, who is an amazing grappler, right? Like, he might be one of the best heavyweight grapplers right now. You know, it's like Romanov, Espino, and Olenek are, like, the three guys who are, like, super good grapplers at heavyweight. So, like, yes, yep. he tired out against that guy. 
Jared Vandera gave up a takedown to Harry Hunsucker on the contender series and had to reverse that position in order to win. If he gets taken down by Romanoff, he will not reverse the position ever, and he will likely go to sleep with either hands on his throat or hands in his face. Um, I'm taking Romanoff, and in this one is going to be one we will talk about with props at the end for sure. Ooh, there we go. He's teasing you. So yeah, I'm taking Romanov also. Um, I'm also using prize picks. Tune your picks into real cash with prize, pick, prize picks. My favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy and it all starts with prize picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Prize picks is the only way I play. So Braves, first Braves games Friday afternoon, right? Yes, oh, that's yeah. correct. 430. Against the, against, yep, against the Brewers. Um, so we're going to bet 20 bucks on three players, uh, brace players, and we're going to bet that they get over one and a half hits and walks. Who are the three players we're betting on, Dan? Let's go with Jorge Soler. He's been hot, and he's in the leadoff spot, so he's going to get a lot of bat-bats. Uh, Freddie Freeman always shows up for playoff games, so we'll use Freddie Freeman. And then we'll use Austin Riley, who quietly had one of the best seasons in baseball this year. Okay, so there you go. So we're going to bet 20 bucks on those guys, and we're going to win $100. How's that? Five times. Five times pay up for you. And if you use promo code SGP, you receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So prize picks, promo code SGP. All right. The main event uh, of the prelims, Bantamweights, Chris Gutierrez versus Felipe Colares. Um, what do we got? We got El Guapo versus Caboqueo. What does Caboqueo mean? Do you know? I don't know. I don't speak Portuguese. Sometimes I can figure it out based on um, the Spanish because I know enough Spanish that sometimes I can translate it. But Cabocayo, I don't know what that means at all. Once again, I've stumped Dan twice in the show. Usually it's, it's just it, like – Usually I'm – yeah, usually I'm better, especially with nicknames. Usually it's just Canadian trivia I get you, John. But no, I got you uh, with these ones. All right, so um, – oh, Gutierrez is another one. One from uh, your neck of the woods. Let's see if Dan goes against his his fellow New Englander, New Englander again. All right, let's break down Calaris first. He is ten and two with two knockouts, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Two and two in the UFC. He is one of those guys with the streak again. Loss, win, loss, win. So he won his last fight. Um, he used to fight at featherweight. This one is down at bantamweight. He's got two inches reach on Gutierrez. He's three years younger. He's at plus two hundred five. El, Guap, El Guapo Gutierrez is 16-4-2 with seven knockouts, one submission. 4-1-1 in the UFC. He's 4-0-1 over his last five. He did win his last fight. He was in the World Series of Fighting previously where he's 1-1. He was also in Bellator where he's 1-0. He's an inch taller. Striking stats are in his favor, plus he's two times more active striking than Calaris. Minus 270. I'll, I'll take the chalk again here, and I'll take Gutierrez. Yeah, I'm going to go Gutierrez, too. Um, for me, Gutierrez, uh, just a wet, much more well-versed striker here. And he he does a really good job of working the body and the legs, which I think over time is just kind of going to wear Kolaris away. Like, I, I don't think Kolaris is going to have any chance of sticking around in this fight. I don't think he's going to have enough success with the takedowns to make that an avenue. And he he's not anywhere near the kind of striker that Chris Gutierrez is. So this one's kind of an easy one for me. I, I like Chris Gutierrez. I think this this one is uh, probably doesn't need that much breakdown. He, I mean, he's a negative 250 favorite for a reason, and he looks every yep. bit of that much. Yeah, and he's on a nice little run in the UFC too. So, so that wraps up the prelims on ESPN Plus starting at one thirty Eastern. Uh, we'll tell you about the last two sponsors, and we'll plow through the main card ad free. Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just fifteen bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile secret sauce that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just fifteen bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number, along with all your existing contacts. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. 
To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. That's mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. And speaking of SGP, make sure you download our app if you haven't already. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to please toss us an app review and download the app today. All right. This train just keeps moving along the track, Dan. Chug, chug, <laughs> chug, 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 choo, choo, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, um, I, I like I like that you keep stealing slogans from other co-hosts. <laughs> where are we headed to next? Where are we headed to next, Dan? The main card. Oh, is the main card brought to us by anyone, Dan? Uh, I think you just told actually it. Mint, Mint Mobile. Told yeah, it. Mint Mobile. <laughs> I have to I have to tell you I have to tell you about all our sponsors because they keep the lights on in our, the SGPN MMA Gambling Podcast offices. Right, Dan? That's correct. Yeah. Studios. All right. I think that's enough. Uh, moving right along. Middleweights. Phil Haas, the man who Dan can never fade ever again. <laughs> Darren, Darren Wynn. People have mentioned this is uh, like mini John Jones versus mini uh, Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, Haas is like, uh, is Haas Jackson? Wink? Or, um, uh, he might—he might be. Um, because people, people are saying he's John Jones's prodigy, and no, he's um, he least, was Jackson Wake originally. At least topology uh, says Hard Knocks three sixty five, which is now yeah, Sanford, Sanford MMA. Um, yeah. he he started out in Jackson Wake from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. So, I, I think he was um, he was uh, like taking on a John Jones's wing, and then Darren Wynn is one of Danny Carmody's boys. So it's uh. It's the battle uh, between the two of them. Um, all right. Megatron is Haas' nickname, which is great. It makes me laugh. Uh, Wynn does not have one. We'll just call him Mini DC. Um, DC Light. Uh, Wynn is 7-2 and two with four knockouts. 2-2 two and two in the UFC. He won his last fight. He was 1-0 in Bellator. He's had a lot of trouble missing weight, which is funny because he's, what, four foot five or something like that? He, he's very short. Man. He's uh, five foot six. And he's a middleweight. Uh, he used to fight at light heavyweight. Uh, he's also popped um, dirty and drug tests in the past. Um, what else can I tell you? He is a wrestling champ. He's the more active striker of the two. He's at plus 240. Uh, Megatron, Haas, 11-2 with seven knockouts, two submissions. 3-0 and in the UFC, 1-1 in the Contender Series. He's won seven straight fights. 1-0 in Bellator, 1-1 in World Series of Fighting. He was a pro Muay Thai fighter. He's six inches taller, seven inches of reach. Striking stats in his favor, minus 325. Another easy pick, Haas. Yeah, Haas is an easy pick here. I will say this, too. So I picked against him a bunch of times earlier in his career based on right. a loss I saw on the Ultimate Fighter, because um, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, where he lost to Andrew because, Sanchez. And because. Everything, everything comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. Yes, um, thank you. But also a loss he had on his first stint on Contender Series to Julian Marquez. But he seems to be a different fighter than that now. And I will say this. I faded him in, I think, all three of his wins so far. And the crazy thing is, is that all of those losses or all of those wins aged even better. Like, I I was really high on Jacob Melkin. Uh, and he made him, you know, he knocked him out in 18 seconds. Jacob Melkin then showed up in his next fight and looked like an absolute beast, right? Like, Jacob Melkin went in there and he beat the shit out of Abdul Razak Hassan. So, like... Maybe my, you know, assumptions about Jacob Melkin were not wrong. I said the same thing about Nasruddin Imovov. I was like, he should definitely beat him. Hawes took care of him by majority decision. Then Imovov comes out and beats the hell out of Ian Heinish, knocks him out, uh, and now he's fighting Edmund Shabazian. So, like, those wins have aged really well. He he has got a ton of skills. He's really great positionally against the cage. Um, he's got great power with his overhand right. Uh, you know, he's got decent submission skills. I just think Wynn is kind of a one-trick pony at this point. Like, he wrestles, or and if that doesn't work, he's got nothing. And because he's so short, he can't get on the inside against anybody. So, yeah, I, I think Hawes rolls here quite easily. So this is the time he's going to lose then, I guess, right? Since you've picked um, – he's he's proved you wrong every time in the cage. This is the one. This We're is both new, on his side. This is my new Michael Johnson because that's Michael Johnson for his whole career for me. I'm not sure I've ever picked a Michael Johnson fight right. Good good to know if, if he uh, – yeah, where's that guy been? He hasn't fought for a while, has he? 
Yeah, he hasn't, but I, I don't also know that I'm super bummed about it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Moving on, women's flyweight, Sabino Mazo versus Maria Agapova, who's finally back. Um, so we got the Colombian queen versus no nickname. Um, Agapova is 9-2 and two with three knockouts, four submissions, one-on-one in the UFC. She got TKO'd her last fight. Um, she was 2-0 and oh in Invicta and 1-0 and oh in the Contender Series. She's won three of her last four fights, all of you finish, and she's not fought in, since August of 2020. She's at plus 135. Uh, the Colombian queen is 9-2 and two with two knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight, 3-2 and two in the UFC. Uh, she's won three of her last four, lost her last fight, though. She was the LFA champion previously. Inch of height, two inches of reach, striking and active striking stats in her favor, minus 170. I'm going to go against Dan. I'm taking uh, Sabina Mazzo here, and Dan's going to go with the underdog, I believe. Yeah, I am going to go with Maria Agapova. Um, I know these things. Yeah, it couldn't be because I recently wrote an article about why Maria Agapova is an underdog to keep an eye on. Um, But that being said, uh, the reason she is an underdog that you should definitely keep an eye on here is because there's just so many people writing her off due to that last loss. The fact that she lost to Shannon Dobson is, is, first of all, not good. But if you look at that fight, it's pretty much because she just emptied the tank looking for the finish and didn't get it and then suddenly was really tired, you have to imagine she's not going to do that again. You have to imagine she's probably worked on that. And what's the one thing we've noticed that Sabino Mazo has so wrong with her when she fights? It's that she can't seem to stop the takedowns. If you looked at her against Alexis Davis, I mean, it cost her the fight, right? She was just on the bottom against Alexis Davis for the entirety of the fight. And we're talking about Agapova here, who has really good wrestling and pretty good submission offense so yeah I, I really like Agapova in this fight I, I think she's a very live dog and I think the wrestling here probably gets it done yeah not super positive this is by no means my my lock pick of the night but we'll uh we'll go against, against each other makes it more interesting uh how about flyweights let's see what we do here Tim Elliott oh I know your pick here Tim Elliott versus Matthias Nicola somehow I know your pick here too Dan amazing eh um all right let's tell you Tell you that you would think Tim Elliott would have a nickname, but he doesn't. Surprising, right? He seems like a nickname type of guy. No, wasn't he? Didn't he used to be? Hang on, let me think about this. He used to have one, I think. Or am I thinking? Or am I thinking of the other guy who who is a flyweight who used to sound like Tim? His name used to sound like Tim Elliott too. The one that fought John Lineker. (laughs) Do you know the one I'm talking about? Anyway, continue. Uh, I'm gonna get the answer on it. (laughs) His name sounds like Tim Elliott. That's funny. Um. Yeah, you get on that. I'll tell you about Tim Elliott. He's 17-11-1 and one with three knockouts, six submissions. He's been subbed five times in his oh, career. I was I was so, thinking of Phil Harris. Phil Harris. Not even. Tim Elliott very and Phil Harris are just like generic white guy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I thought you were laughing that he's been subbed five times. You're like, what a sucker. Been subbed nah. five times in his career. Um, he's 6-9 in the UFC, 69 uh, over two stints. Uh, he's won two straight fights, though. He's on the upswing. He was also on the Ultimate Fighter. He went 4-0, and and then he got a shot at Demetrius Johnson and actually took it to him early on in that fight. Um, but then ended up losing, of course, because that's what happens when you fight Demetrius Johnson, at least in that stage of his career. Uh, he used to fight at Bantamweight. He was all the Titan FC champion for quite a long time. Uh, he's an inch taller than Nicolau. He's at plus 155. Um, Matias Nicolau is 16-2-1 with four knockouts, five submissions. Both of his losses have come via KO. He's 4-1 in the UFC over two stints as well. He was wrongfully cut when the UFC was deciding they were going to get rid of their flyweight division. He got axed, and then he got brought right back when they decided, hey, we're going to keep it. Uh, he won his last fight. He's won three straight, actually, uh, nine of ten fights. 2-1 on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, same season as Elliott was on. He used to fight at Bantamweight also, seven years younger than Elliott, striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 195. I keep giving my picks out early, but I think we're agreeing on this one. Nikolai is the pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Matthews and Nikolai, too. The thing for me about Tim Elliott is, like, if you go back and look at everybody who's beat him, it, it's all pretty obvious, the the skill set that beats him, right? Brandon Royval, Askar Askarov, Davison Figueredo, in addition to being three of the best flyweights in the world, they all grapple really well. Um, both offensively and defensively. And, and really, to me, I think that that is ultimately the, the, the 
tough part for Tim Elliott is that like if a guy can grapple offensively and defensively well, threaten with submission stuff, takedowns, I think he has a tough time. And I think Nikolau is that, um, and all of that while being better on the feet too. So yeah, I'm not super confident in this one because I do trust Elliott's scrambling in, you know, Nikolau has kind of slipped up a couple of times in grappling, but yeah, ultimately I think Nikolau here is probably going to control the position force him to stand a little bit more than he's comfortable doing and, and probably win that way. All right, moving on. Uh, Co-main event, Randy Rudeboy Brown versus Jared Knight Train. Knight spelled wrong. N-I-T-E. Train Gooden. So obviously I'm going with Rudeboy because I don't like the misspellings, especially Knight Train. So. <laughs> um, and this is a welterweight fight. And this has co-main event written all over it, doesn't it, Dan? <laughs> You know, somebody said that to me. Randy Brown is worthy of a co-main event at this point. Like, I feel like people are sleeping out. He's he's three and one in his last four with only a loss to Vicente Luque. That is a it it knocked out Brian Barberena. But let's let me tell you about Night Train, and we'll see if you think he's worthy of a. uh, He's not. I can tell you. (laughs) He's eighteen and eighteen and six. That sounds nice. Uh, eight knockouts, six submissions. He's one and two in the UFC. He dropped his first two, was given a last chance, and he won via KO his last fight. He used to fight at middleweight. He's three years younger, the more active striker of the two, plus 195. Rude Boy Brown, 13 and four, six knockouts, five submissions. Very well-rounded. Actually, both these guys are. Um, seven and four in the UFC. He's won three of his last four. Like Dan said, he won via submission his last fight. Actually, all of his last, all of his past three wins have come via finish. Three inches taller, one inch of reach, striking stats in his favor, minus 250. Tell, tell everybody why we're picking Randy Brown. Ah, because he's a better fighter. In, in a lot of times in. I write that. I, I feel stupid when I, when I write that a lot of times, but that's what it comes down to sometimes. There's pretty better. much there's pretty much no reason to pick Jared Gooden in this, I don't think. Um, yeah. he, he, I mean, he's tough. Like, I'll give him that. But, like, ultimately, you know, he, he's just – He's not anywhere near as good of a fighter as Randy Brown is. Uh, you know, his, his last win came by knockout, probably saved his career against a guy who probably lost his contract. Um, so that's tough for Jared Gooden. But ultimately, I would say Randy Brown, been in there with some of the best guys, is a proven finisher, right? Like, he he yep. probably, we're probably talking about him having won five out of six had he not been knocked out by the weirdest Nico Price knockout. And that is a sentence right there, by the way, the weirdest Nico Price knockout um, of all time, you know, in wins over Mickey Gall, Brian Barbarana, Warley Alves, Cowboy Oliveira. Like, he's just a beast. I think he'll probably use his wrestling and grappling here to get it done so he can stay away from that, you know, surprising one punch from Jared Gooden. But, yeah, um, this should be Randy Brown all day. There we go. Uh, main event is actually worthy. Uh, these ladies are worthy of a main event. Um, is this Dern's first main event? I know Hot Higas has had one. Is um, I don't know if Mackenzie um, Dern's ever made an event. I don't think yeah. so. No, I don't think so. Um, so it's Mackenzie Dern versus Mahina Hot Higas. Um, you may know her as Marina Rodriguez. Whatever's better. Uh, women's straw weight. So five-round fight. Um no nicknames for either lady. Uh, let's go with Rodriguez. She's 14-1-2. Six knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. She's 4-1-2 in the UFC. She's won her two, uh, past two fights. Used to fight at flyweight, weight class up. She was on the contender series where she was 1-0. She's two inches taller, got two inches of reach. Striking stats in her favor, plus she's the more active striker of the two ladies. She's at plus 135. Dern is 11-1 with seven submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 6-1 in the UFC. She's won four straight fights. Uh, last uh, three of them via submission. She's 1-0 in Invicta. She used to also fight at a flyweight. Had a lot of weight um, issues, a lot of weight-cutting issues in the past. That seems to clear things up at a lower weight class, too, surprisingly. Uh, she's a multi-time BJJ cha- uh, champion. She's six years younger, minus 170. I'm going to go against you, Dan. I'm, I'm taking the plus money. I think I'm taking Rodriguez. I think you're insane. Um, 10% takedown accuracy for Mackenzie Dern. You, you've uh, badmouthed her takedown uh, takedowns on this this very podcast before. So well, uh, let me let me quickly badmouth the takedown defense of Marina Rodriguez because it's, it's not, not that bad. Good. 
It's in the it's, 60s. It's, yeah, it's how did it get gonna... to the 60s? Who is she stuffing that made yeah. it in the 60s, dude? Like, go go back and look at maybe who who she stops takedowns in order to get it. It's probably like 30 takedowns from Jess Aguilar or something like that. Or, um, how dare you? You know, maybe she stopped a couple of random Marcoses, who, by the way, she drew with random Marcos. Like, uh, it's the best result Canadian, random Marcos so that's what happens. has had in a really long time. She's been taken down in every single of her last four fights, including by Michelle Watterson, who's an atom weight, who I don't think of as a good wrestler. Um, She's the karate hottie, Dan. Yeah, you can call her whatever you want, (laughs) but I'm not going to call her a good wrestler here. Uh, The other thing, too, I would mention is that Mackenzie Dern has gotten better in her last two fights, like substantially better. Um, you know, like you, you could see in the Vierna Jandiroba fight, um, or Janji Doba fight if uh if the announcers have their way. Uh Vierna yeah. Jandiroba fight, uh, where she like she has started to put together hands, and granted, not hands like Marina Rodriguez has, but she's throwing overhands that dip into to single legs. She's got extra trips, she's putting together punch combinations that get her into the clinch. Yes, I agree with you entirely that I don't think that her takedown defense is, like, you know, world-beater level. But I will say this. She doesn't need to have Marina Rodriguez on the ground very long to submit her. Um, Marina Rodriguez, yes, did survive against somebody like Carla Esparza. She did survive against Cynthia Calvillo, uh, who both of which took her down a combined eight times. She did survive with Randa Marcos, who also took her down twice. But at the end of the day, she's not going to survive with Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is a different animal on the mat, uh, and I don't think Rodriguez has what it takes to keep her off of her neck. Uh, we'll, we'll see when she lights her up on the feet. We'll see. We'll see, Dan. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're dis- disagreeing on this. It'll be fun. I'll take my plus 135 all, uh, all day long, Dan. All right, so that's the uh, card. Which, which fight should we be most excited about watching? Um, I'm excited just to see Alexander Romanoff do Alexander Romanoff things. Uh, <laughs> of course, we, chunky guy. Yeah, not only is he a chunky guy, he's a chunky guy who will pick you up over his head and, like, suplex you, like, WWE yep. style. Um, yep. It looks like Kurt Angle doing a, a suplex uh, back in yep. the day. So The Olympic it, it, slam, perhaps? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he'll go Olympic slam, but didn't he used to do, like, a whole bunch of, like, German suplexes yes. right in a row and then rip the, the singlet off and then use the ankle lock. Uh, he won't do that much, but he, he is going to do some pretty fun things. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to this main event. Why? Well, I, I did just go in yep. real hard on Mackenzie Dern. I do think <laughs> Marina Rodriguez is a very interesting test for her and one that she needs to know she can pass in order yep. to fight people like Rosemary Yunus or Weili Zhang, right? Because like, if she can't get by the striking of Marina Rodriguez to wrestle and submit, she's not going to get by those other ones. So, like, this is the perfect litmus test for her to see what she's able to do. Um, so I'm excited for that as well. Um, apart from that, I mean, like, I think the first fight of the night is going to be wild. Steve Garcia yeah. and Charlie Ontiveros, that is going to be – it's going to be nuts. Um, so I guess those three would be the three things I'm looking forward to. There you go. Uh, um, all right. We want some uh, – you, you teased us with some props. So you got props. And, of course, uh, Jong, our friend Jong in the Slack, um, he wants the massive parlay. So I told him you would do a 10-fight parlay for every fight on the uh, on the <laughs> side. You, you will do a parlay for – maybe well, maybe you're not up to that. But well, give, 10 us, give fight, us some – 10 fights, you can just go back and, and make a parlay. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. Game. Never mind. Like we, we, that's all of them. Like there's only exactly. 10 on this card. So, well, yeah, we're going to skip exactly. that. Um, but I will say the two props that I really like on this card is I'm going to take, um, I'm going to start by taking Alexander Romanoff, uh, by submission. Uh, I think he, he probably gets it done with his sub skills. He's got really good submission skills. He also seems when he's in a position to punch less interested in punching than looking for the submission. So I say he submits, uh, Jared Vandera. You can get it at plus 155, which is a pretty good number for a guy who's a negative, damn near negative 600 favorite. Yeah, it's really good. I'm really into that. I'm also going to take Randy Brown, and here's the the funny way that I'm going to take Randy Brown. I'm going to say Randy Brown wins by submission. Uh, he picked up a submission his last time out. Gooden, not great on the ground. Randy Brown's got surprisingly good wrestling. Uh, you know, one-arm rear naked choke on, on Cowboy Oliveira last time, and you can get it at plus 420. So, you know, like, wow. is it a little bit of a large stab? Because, yeah, he's probably more likely to win a decision here at TKO, but... 
I think there's a good enough chance that that plus 420 is, is kind of an interesting number. So, uh, yeah, I like that one. And let's throw that parlay together for, for okay. our buddy in, in the Slack channel. So I'm going to start with Randy Brown. I think Randy Brown is is a must-have in parlays. He's going to beat the hell out of Jared Gordon. Um, Gooden, sorry, not Jared Gordon, Jared Gooden. Uh, I'm also going to take Chris Gutierrez. I think that one's a slam dunk. And I'm going to take Phil Haas. Those are the easy ones right off the bat. Put them in every single parlay you're going to do. I'm going to say if you want to make it super interesting, um, we're going to pick Lupita Gudinez, and then we're going to pick one underdog, too. So we're going to do a 5-1. The first four, I'm super confident. Randy Brown, Chris Gutierrez, Phil Haas, Lupita Gudinez, all four of those people are for sure winning. So then we're going to add an underdog into the mix. And there's a whole bunch of different ones you could go with. I'm going to go with Marie Agapov um, because I think she's the most likely one to win there. Throw those yep. five together, you're getting ten to one. That's usually wow. right, around, right around what I'm promising you guys. You guys love the bomb parlays. I am, <laughs> I, I, am a little bit more disciplined than that. But you go nuts, Randy Brown, Chris Gutierrez, <laughs> Phil Haas, Lupita Godinez, and Maria Agapova. Have any of these come through, Dan? Have, have I don't know. We don't track. Them. We don't track. Ask June. Like he, uh, prob- true. if he's playing yeah. them, if he's tailing me on these, he'd know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. That is true. Um. All right, let's um, let's pick some locks. I think I'm first to go this week. I'm going to take Randy Brown. That's a pretty easy lock. I don't minus two fifty. I'll take my what forty bucks. So he's my lock. I think that's what I was planning on doing. So now let me let me yeah. scan well, down. You said you said you like Gutierrez and you liked Haas. They were your other. I think I'll take Gutierrez. I, yeah. I think I'll take Gutierrez. I think he he handles uh, Felipe Kolarish pretty easily, and he's got a slightly better number. Than Hosnes. Yep. All right. There you go. We did it. Um, all right. Anything else we need to tell these kids, Dan? Or no. We give them enough. I think, I think we got it. We got it. Uh, um, all right. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox writer. He's Gumby Vreeland. Uh, get in on the Slack channel. That it's lots of fun uh, for whatever sport you're into, but uh, especially the fight channel is a lot of fun in there in the SGPN Slack. Uh, lots of talking and giving advice, um, especially on fight nights. He's very, very busy in there. Um, and make sure you subscribe, like I said, at the top of the show. Subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you can get our advice the second it drops. Um, and read all our good stuff over on the uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, um, I think that's all I really have to tell you. We'll be back on Sunday to tell you how amazing all my picks did. Dan will have excuses for why all of his lost, right? Uh, not all that, of yours. That, that's not all of them. That, some you, of them will win. Some, it's true. Some of them will win. Until then, uh, he is the Danimal. I am Shock Juice, and we will catch you on Sunday.